Welcome to Perspectives. This is our podcast from Orchard Hill, where we look at different issues and try to bring a biblical perspective. We've chosen this word intentionally because sometimes we don't always share the same perspective, even when we read the same Bible. That doesn't mean that a perspective is necessarily right or wrong, less or more biblical, but it means that it's possible for people to have different perspectives uh, when you look at an issue. And so today I'm joined by Emily D'Angelo and Dan Shields. Hi, Hello welcome. Hello. Good to be here. So we're going to talk about virtual church today versus in-person church, uh, kind of what are the upsides of either. So I thought I'd just start with um, probably I would assume that when the pandemic first hit, you both did virtual church with your families uh, in a way that maybe you never had. Uh, at least that was true for me. So tell us uh, maybe one of the things that you really enjoyed about virtual church and one of the things that that you said, wow, that just didn't really work. And then we'll get into some more of the uh, nuts and bolts of of how we want to think about this. So for us, um, when this this happened, we have two kids at home, a graduating senior and a seventh grader. And what I loved about it was we set aside a specific time on the weekend to watch so that we still had our, our kind of set worship time together. And um, we the interactions in the middle of it, I really appreciated because when a question popped into someone's head, they just asked it right out because there was no... Um, risk of being rude to someone else in, in the service. And so we were able to maybe address questions or even share comments in a way that we had not experienced before. So that was one of the benefits for us. I felt um, one of the, the things that I missed was we didn't sing along often. Um, even though we're a musical family, in that context, the four of us did not participate in that part of the, of the service. So that I missed. Okay. And for me, you know, I didn't get to see a lot of the uh, actual services themselves because I'm still here on weekends in general, but uh, we got to participate in the devotionals. So it was a very similar type of thing. And uh, right when the pandemic hit, we started a broadcast that was on Wednesday nights at, what was it, 830 or something like that. And my family, we just made, that was like our time. And we got together every, you know, Wednesday at 830. And it was, uh, it was really a special time for us because I, I actually don't get to sit with my family very often. So that was a beautiful thing. And, you know, we would sing along with the song-ish, not all that well, and then, you know, listen to the short devotional. But there were a couple of times that I got a chance to sit uh, and, you know, when I was off for a weekend or something like that and be with my family and uh, watch it online. Uh, and I will say for me, you know, I, I enjoyed it because I was with my family. And, and to Emily's point, you know, it was nice. You know, sometimes the kids would ask questions or something like that. But just as often, it was just... Uh, interruptions or they were doing their own thing and not really paying attention all that well. And we also didn't really worship together. So like Lydia and I would sort of weekly sing a little bit and then, you know, very quickly it got awkward and we just stopped singing. We would just sort of watch the performance of worship as opposed to really engaging in worship, uh, you know, the way that we would in a live uh, setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's helpful. So, um, so let's, uh, let's just, talk about virtual church. It's probably more of a uh, thing that will be part of the church landscape and culture moving forward because of the pandemic. It was already uh, a thing and already something that was part of the landscape, but now I've heard a lot of people, and I don't think a lot's an exaggeration, say to me, I've decided I love doing church remotely, love 
virtual church. Um, I like it better than going to church. I concentrate better. I'm, yeah. you know, I just like being with my family. I like the breakfast. I like the conversation. I'm not sure that I will come back to in-person church on a regular basis, even after the, the concern about Corona is done. So what I want to ask you guys to kind of bring some perspective to is what are the limitations of virtual church um, and what are the upsides of virtual church? So let's start with upsides. Like, where is it good and positive that, that there's a movement toward this? And then let's talk about limitations. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, I remember very distinctly uh, this um this summer, I was off for a weekend, and we have a place like a lake house, and um, you had given a message, and you said something about meeting in person, and you said, you know, it's just different being out on your boat and watching the the service, and at the time, I was out on my boat listening to the service, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I thought, like, in a way, um, in, in your point was the opposite point, but for me, uh, I was actually watching service, and mm-hmm. I was connected to a body of believers my people, you know, I mean, my church family, and I was, you know, 150 miles away, but yet I was connected. I was listening to your message. I was watching the worship service and being a part of it. It was beautiful outside, you know, I'm sitting on my boat. So it was, it was really, um, that was something that was special for me and it was really a good thing. So there's, I'd say that was a positive side for me is you can be anywhere, uh, and you can really be connected. So, you know, if somebody's, you know, we hear people who are in California or in Florida or somewhere else, uh, they can't be here at the church, but they're still connected to us and they still feel part of the church communities. You know, they're part of the family, uh, even if they're not in person. You know? mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're a part of a community if when you travel and you're on vacation, you want to tune in to your church family right, service. Right. And I had that experience pre-COVID. We were traveling in um, Seattle, February, you know, and I remember getting up early because my body was on Eastern Standard Time and going to work out in the gym and worshiping with Orchard Hill Church and feeling a part of and seeing who else in our community was in that virtual platform as well and connecting with them a little bit in the chat. Yeah, that's and fun, it isn't felt, it? Yeah, it felt like yeah. a, a sweet, sweet connection. But I wondered if week after week after week, would that be my same experience? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think without a doubt, the potential to stay connected when you're traveling, um, when for whatever reason, it just didn't work to get to a service uh, really is super. And I think there's, there's a real positive, even if you just say, hey, we want kind of a snow day experience as a family, sometimes to be able to say, okay, we're just going to rally around here and be able to take it in. And certainly uh, we've seen our numbers grow dramatically in terms of online participation. And my guess is that what you'll see is that in the past, a lot of people, if they were gone on a weekend, just didn't tune in at all. It was just like, oh, okay, I missed. Now I think you're going to see a lot of people that will say, oh, I don't have to miss just because I'm gone. And I think that's a real positive. Mm. I think the potential to participate in churches that aren't in your locale even a little bit is a positive uh, uh, potentially. Uh, Just if you're like-minded or want to participate, say, with your kids or family members who are in another city and be like, oh, I watched your service too and I felt a participation with you. I, I know I found myself wanting to do that with my son and daughter-in-law 
uh, just like like wanting to watch what they're watching, just to have something to share and experience. So, so I think there are some some real positives. So, so what would be your concerns or your limitations as you guys look at it, where you say, okay, why shouldn't somebody just say, okay, that's my new reality. We like it. That's what we're doing. Um, we'll go in person on Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day. Um, you know, if we're getting baptized or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but other than that, we're a virtual family now. Why, why should somebody, um, you know, maybe at least think about that? Yeah, so I, I'll start off. You know, it does say in the Bible in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, that we should not forsake gathering together. I, I think that's an important thing. And I think that when... So somebody could argue we're gathering virtually and we're gathering in our home with our family. So we're still fulfilling the command. Yeah. And obviously I think the writer of Hebrews wouldn't have seen it that way because they were obviously gathering in person at that time. So uh, now, you know, does that mean that technology, the changes in technology have changed things uh, and that that really is a legitimate gathering? Maybe, but I I would say this, you know, like I'm a musician, for instance, Uh, I don't watch a lot of music when I'm at home by myself. So if there's a concert of somebody that I really love, I might watch a little bit of it, but I just don't, I don't enjoy that experience all that much. But if I'm live and I watch these people live and I'm part of a crowd that's like gathered together, there is something wonderful that happens. You know, it's different uh, watching a football game on TV, which is great, or being in the stadium, uh, or especially something like, you know, baseball, which is such a, you know, it's almost painfully slow. Uh, to watch baseball on TV. See, some people would argue football's better on TV. I'd probably be one of them. Well, that's true. That's you true. There's the replays. You, you can see the replays. You, get, you, know, yeah, you don't yeah. have to fight a crowd to go to the bathroom. There's food <laughs> well, right that's there. True. That's and true. And there's all kinds of upsides. Yeah, but... No parking. The, <laughs> there is something, though, about, like, hearing other voices and being in a place together. Um, and, you know, even the scripture that says, we're two or more gathered in my name, you know, I, I think there is something about that physical presence of being together uh, that really does make a difference. Uh, really does make an impact. And and I would just say from my experience, I definitely noticed that, you know, when we're at home, like when we, uh, when we were watching the devotionals all the time, what I did start to see happen with my family is they became a little bit more uh, disengaged or less engaged uh, as, as time went on. They would get distracted. They would do other things. They would start having side conversations. They would run downstairs and grab a bite to eat. Uh, all things that they wouldn't do uh, in that, like, more focused sort of time, uh, and also their social constraints that, uh, you know, make you just be quiet and focus and, and watch the, the service and be a part of things. But I do think there is something, too, just to be said about, you know, us physically being together and being the family. And I know when people have come back, so people who have watched online, because we've had a lot of that over the last number of weeks, people who have just watched online, they've really had a good experience, I think, in general. Uh, but I would say when they came back, they would say, I'm so glad to be back. It's so good to be in person and worshiping together. So I, I do think there is something important uh, in that. I, I have one other thought, though, too, that I think is an important one, not, to, not mm-hmm. to take over this. But, you know, one of my concerns with online gatherings, and, and I do think that it's wonderful. So I, I like, you know, I, I think the church has got to think more and more about that. I, I think that our focus, you know, I'm part of the worship team. So we have to really think about how do we do things online that will keep things engaged and, you know, try to get more people involved and stuff like that. It's a big area of growth for us. So it's something that I think is an important thing. But one problem that you do have is it does, it can turn people into real consumers. Well, that's an issue. 
uh, if it's not a family, if, if you're not just connected to people because you love these people, you have a, a common belief system and you want to be together with them, but rather it's just whatever the most engaging service is, it would be very easy for whoever the best, you know, best uh, quotes uh, service out there is that it would just sort of take over the market in a sense. You know, it would be the Walmart of, you know, church uh, services online. And it basically would wipe out all of these little churches, even churches like ours that are fairly big and sophisticated churches. You know, there's wonderful churches that are small churches all through the communities. Uh, and it really could be in some ways the death of those churches if people just decided to go online, because probably in a very short period of time, people who are deeply connected to this church of 100 people, you know, out in their local community, uh, if all of a sudden they started watching churches like ours or even bigger churches that were doing these great productions online and they stopped going to church, I think something really detrimental would happen to the church in general. So. Okay. So I had some of the same thoughts as you, Dan, just thinking about um, the differences. And I wonder, like if I were having a conversation with someone and they asked, you know, what do you think is best? I, I would wonder with them, you know, what, why do we gather? What is the purpose of gathering? And it is to receive good teaching. It is to worship together. But it's more than that. It's to spur each other on to, to acting the way we believe, right? To, to love and to good deeds and to serving our community. And I'm not sure that that happens always when we um, go online to participate because I think it becomes more self-focused. Like, what can I consume here? What information can I gain? What, how can I be entertained by um, this music or that message? And so I think that I would caution a friend to, to really consider reasons for gathering online or gathering in person. And what, you know, I, I also looked at that Hebrews 10 um, passage that you mentioned, 24 and 25, and just thinking about how we gather because we want to affirm our faith. We want to remember the hope that we, that we b believe in and that it is something that it's a shared experience. It's not just a personal thing to be consumed um, so I, I think you use the illustration of watching a concert and how you often don't even watch to the end, right? Because you can only consume so much and, and then you're mm. done. I, I'm fearful that in this consumption culture that we're in, that people will just take the top of a message, the top of a, a mm -hmm. service and move on to the next mm, thing and not point. get to the meat, not get to the application point. Um, but I do, I'm thankful for virtual gatherings because I personally know two people who, one, a couple in our, our life group, they have a medically fragile child and they have felt connected to Orchard Hill Church because mm -hmm. of our virtual offerings for two years now. Yeah. But they take it to the next step and they come to life group to be in community, to learn how to spur each other on toward love and good deeds. And so I think that they're doing both. There can be a, a both, not an either or. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think of a, another family, too, who, you know, her husband is medically fragile. And so she and her, her daughters are very connected and coming to small groups and life groups. But he is not able to meet in person. And so I'm thankful that we're able to offer people like that. And I think there are, are actually fewer than we think that have these extreme, you know, exceptions right. for not being able to gather in person. So we're meeting their needs, but I think it's got to be even more than just an online offering. It's got to be life group and doing yeah. life together and applying the messages we're learning together. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> you've both made some really good points as I thought this through. Certainly I, 
I affirm people choosing virtual as a legitimate option in the midst of a pandemic or when they have personal situations that make coming impractical, uh, whether it be health issues or other issues. And um, my concern becomes when people who are otherwise able and uh, disposed to be out in public in other ways start to say, this is just more comfortable and easier and I just like it better. Right. They're at Burgatory on Saturday night and yeah. Sunday morning they don't show up for church for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Just because it's like, hey, I can push a button and right. have it on right here. I don't have to get dressed. Yeah. It's faster. I mean, I, you know, there was, uh, it was Labor Day weekend. I was in town and I wasn't on to speak. And so, um, you know, I had the choice. Do I drive over to church, uh, get dressed, or do I sit home and make breakfast and watch it. And, and I chose the sit home option and it was really nice. Like, yeah. like, like I totally get why that appeals to people. Um, it appealed to me. And, and I think again, once in a while as a choice, like I, I'm not suggesting that I think that's a horrible choice, but, but, but I came up with four kind of concerns and you've articulated them, uh, to a degree. Um, the first is just I think it's hard to really engage in community without mm. being physically present over time. And I know people will argue and they'll say, well, I can be in community. I have my small group. I don't really talk to a lot of other people anyway. You, you know, I can come and go and only see a handful of people that I know uh, and so on. But there's something about gathering with, with hundreds or thousands of people and having a broader community of faith than 12 that is important. And I think if you choose virtual church on a consistent basis and and um, just life group and say, that's my community, that that is not ultimately the biblical expression of community. It's to be in community with with hundreds and thousands of people that you're saying, these are people that we're, we're one community of faith with. And sometimes those relationships are deep. Mm. Sometimes they're, they're, they're surface. But all of those form something that's part of a, of a faith identity that really does make a difference for us. Yeah, and I would say, too, even, you know, you, you were saying the groups of 12, but we've all had this experience over the last, you know, number of months uh, having Zoom meetings. And we would all say that a Zoom meeting is different. If you have a small group, and let's say you have a dozen guys, it's different having a Zoom meeting or being with a dozen guys in a room or a dozen women in a room or your life group in a room. There, there is something about that that really is different. So it's not just the numbers. It really is that connection point. Right. And, and again, there's a connection just to seeing people week after yeah. week and talking to them briefly even that, that informs our lives and adds a texture and a richness that yes. you lose. Like I know even just in the pandemic, like there's people I haven't seen for six, eight months yes. that, that are part of my life that all of a sudden I don't feel much connection to because I haven't seen them and that there's a loss there. Yes. And, and church is one of those places where, where that layer of, of connection and community really comes. And I think it's because it's a spiritual community that's significant. I think also in our smaller groups, we're often with like-minded people, mm -hmm. people in our neighborhood, people in our <laughs> life stage. But when we gather as a larger body of Christ, we see people who are not like us, who live mm -hmm. in different parts of this city, who have different ethnicity yeah. and different age groups. And, and I think, I, particularly for my teenager who was coming with us and drawn to Orchard Hill at the, when we first came, because you were talking about something that mattered in mm -hmm. her words, 
she looked around and saw a community of people that were not like her and she mm-hmm. wanted to be there. Do you mm-hmm. know? Because And I think maybe that's her generation. She, yeah. she wants to know that she's different in one yep. way, but also that she's a part of something that's bigger than herself. Yeah. And I think that is part of what God calls us to yeah. in gathering together. And to, uh, to Kurt's earlier point, you know, I, there's been lots of people that I haven't seen in a long time. And all of a sudden they show up in the lobby and you are so happy to see this person that you haven't seen mm-hmm. in, you know, four months or five months or six months. You know, there's, it's almost like a homecoming of sorts, mm-hmm. you know, so there is something special about that being together. Now they might be watching online while I'm watching online, but I just don't have that connection right. point with them that really is meaningful to me. Right. And that would lead to kind of a second concern. And that is, I think it's impossible. And and I'm going to go all the way to impossible, not just it's not likely or, you know, improbable or something, something impossible to do part of what church is infor- intended to do virtually. And that is church is a public affirmation of your faith. Mm. And, and I know you can type in the comments and be like, I'm present, but even then it's, it's different. There's something about walking into a house of worship and saying, I'm here to worship the God of the universe mm. publicly. I'm affirming that that's what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm submitting to the the teaching and the moment that is a public affirmation in a community that every time you go and say, I'm part of what is happening here, I am affirming something about um, God, about church, about my faith that you really cannot do virtually. And and so what, what virtual church does is it says, it's all about what I take in. It's not about what I offer in the moment. And, and there's something to that that is, uh, that, that is a part, I believe, of what church is meant to be, and probably even a part of the Hebrews 10. Uh, you know, I pushed back earlier, Dan, when mm. you said, you know, he said, gather. And, and I think people will say, well, we can gather virtually. We, we gather virtually in other ways. Why can't we do it? Mm. But part of the gathering is the public affirmation of faith. And there's yeah. something that, that, again, is just impossible. Um, to do virtually. And the, and the accountability of staying to the end, Mm -hmm. you know, how easy it would be. You get to a point in a message virtually where I'm not really agreeing with this, or this makes me uncomfortable switch to another channel. Whereas you're here, you're sitting in a community of believers or people who are maybe not even convinced of the truth of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so you're listening to the end and you get to, to sit with the tension of things you're not quite sure about. Yeah, yeah it's, I was, it's hard to get up and walk out of a of a ver- of a in-person people. gathering. People do. Yeah, I was thinking you'd said that earlier, and I hadn't really thought about that. But you know, we are in such a soundbite society right now. You know, people uh, on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever they fly through stuff, and you know, you get a fifteen-second snippet of something, and then you're on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Uh, and the other thing about this is it does make you focus and concentrate and be a part of something for a full hour. Mm-hmm. And there's probably something positive about that. And there's probably something positive about the way the Spirit of God interacts with somebody who's engaging for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I was just thinking about what you said to that public declaration. You know, we have people around here in the local neighborhood that started coming to this church because they saw people flooding up the, uh, up the driveway when church started. And, and they actually, you know, they might be frustrated at the traffic or something like that, but they actually thought like, I should probably check this church out sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something about that. When people come and people see it, you know, uh, where you, you don't get that experience much online unless you see the numbers ticking up and you follow that, which I, I don't know if people do mm-hmm. or not. But, you know, when you see that, hey, three of my neighbors 
seem to be going to this church all the time and I've heard him talk about it. I should probably check this out. You know, that's I have positive. a great quick story of, of a couple who was driving by at 555 on a Saturday mm-hmm. night and they rolled down their window and asked the police officer out there, what is going on here? And he said, Saturday night church on the lawn. The next week they showed up mm-hmm. at 545. Um, they said, we haven't been in a mass for many, many, many years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, we, we helped them get their chairs right up front and center. And they just their experience and watching their experience mm-hmm. filled me with like purpose and oh, joy. Wonderful. You know, yeah. it was such an incredible yeah. experience. Yeah, that yeah. is. Well, and, and you guys have both hit on this. My, my third concern is that I think virtual church can turn us into consumers. Mm. And, um, and, you know, you both have mentioned this in different ways. And I think this happens in a couple of ways. One is um, when we interact with something on a screen, we are prone to assess very quickly how beneficial is this and then to fast forward or to click off of it. Um, I do it with news stories. I do it with TV shows. I do it with commercials. Mm-hmm. Anything I'm watching, it's like, is this worth my 30 seconds of my life or not? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I'm going to hit a button and zoom through it. And certainly you could say, well, then church should work on shortening or becoming more interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I understand all of that. But I think there's, especially as somebody who does a lot of the, the teaching, the preaching, um, there is something to sitting with a message mm-hmm. and letting it, letting it um, sit with you and saying, I'm going to hear this all the way through. That is very different um, than when I'm in a fast forward mode or does mm-hmm. this interest me or I know how this is going to end. Therefore, I'm going to uh, quickly, um, you know, I'm going to make it to a two and a half speed or, or whatever it is that mm-hmm. I'm going to do to say I'm getting through this. And the other concern I have with this is that we become critics when we're consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so true. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I saw this with my own family. I, I don't want to out them, but I will. Um, <laughs> and um, it, You're it, not alone, Kurt. It was one of the early <laughs> pandemic services when we were pre-recording before we came back live. And we were just sitting there <laughs> watching the service. And all of a sudden it was, wow, you know, that, that singer's a little pitchy. And then it was, what are they wearing? And, you know, I don't like the song selection. And... Why? And, and, and I mean, we just, and then I got up to speak. I mean, I'm watching myself speak and, and my family's critiques did not stop. I mean, they, they they just kept on coming and I'm sitting there and and, and I'm thinking, this is not a spiritually um, rich environment, even though we're watching church because we're watching it as critics Mm -hmm. and as consumers not as spiritual participants. And, yeah. and I know that can happen in person. Like I'm not deluded into thinking that sure. people don't say, Oh, that's pitchy. Or what is yes. she wearing? Or I can't believe he told that story again. You, you know, yeah. any of that stuff still happens, but, but there's something different when you give voice to it and you have the capacity to click on and off of it very quickly that I don't think is spiritually healthy if we get there. So again, I'm, I'm, pro virtual church, but I yeah. think there's a, there's a danger to be aware of and to sense in yourself. And there's something about the act of saying I'm coming and I'm here to worship and to receive the, the teaching for a full hour, you know, whatever yeah, they've yeah. got rather than I'm, I'm a consumer and I'm going to decide today. And, you know, there, just to give you a little bit of behind the scenes, you know, under the hood uh, that people don't normally see, I actually, early on, I had to make a decision, you know, because I, I work with the music team here. And I had to make a decision of how far we were going to produce these services. 
So I have the ability to go in and I can in post edit things and I can mm-hmm. edit things to make them near perfect all the time so that it's 100% perfect. That's a time-consuming process, but I'm able to do that if I wanted to do that. And I really had to think through, is this what we want to do? Are we presenting perfect church that looks perfect, or are we trying to just be the body of Christ coming together and worshiping and really keeping our eyes on God, not on the final product? And so I, I sort of made you know, the decision to err on the side of it being looser and more like a a weekend mm-hmm. service that would have the feel of a weekend service that would have some of the pitchiness or some of the other issues. Uh, and I'm not going to say that we haven't fixed right. anything. We have gone back and fixed some things. Uh, but in general, though, you know, we're letting this fly. Uh, but it's to your point, it's it's really the focus of what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Uh, and, you know, h- how are we going about it because of yeah. where our focus is? You well, know? and some of that in that moment is, you know, you're getting breakfast, you're not really singing along. And yes. so you're not thinking about the words, you're just watching it on a screen. Yes. And again, that's the consumer moment. Right, right. That that is easier to have virtually than it is in person. Yeah, and it's by nature then a performance for people rather than participation with people. Right, and again, we're conditioned that way by screens in general. Yes, that's Uh, right. Just the fact, you know, so much of our lives is tied to screens. That's how we interact with the screen. I am a consumer when I'm on Mm -hmm. the other side of a screen um, 95% of the time. And another problem with being a consumer of church is we're called to serve the Mm -hmm. church. And if you don't show up, well, you're not serving, probably, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I, I've seen that with our volunteer teams, those that have committed to continue to serve on the usher team or the you know hospitality teams. Some, out of concern for COVID, served lemonade outside. That was mm-hmm. what they were willing to do. And they listened to the message projected out on the patio. That's what they were able to do or listen to it on Saturday night. And I think that they found that they were a part of something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. in serving. And yeah. that that's part of what God, God calls us to do and yeah. be. Yeah, my, my last concern is just I think the potential for distraction is immensely higher mm. with virtual church than in mm. person. Um, and uh, and the reason I say this is I think it's, again, the way we typically interact with screens is, well, I can make breakfast and watch this. I can take the dogs out and keep watching. I can run a load of laundry through the laundry yes. machine while I'm wa- watching. And what happens is then you're, you're half doing something and half not. And, and as soon as that becomes part of the equation, the distraction potential just goes mm. way up and, and the experience changes uh, drastically. And so, mm. so, so those are some of my concerns just when I think about virtual church and and although I think it's a positive and I think it's something that is, is a good thing for people to have as, a, as an option, especially with legitimate health concerns, um, I, I would hope that people would at least see its limitations and understand that, that if they're thinking this is a good substitute for in-person, that ultimately um, it will leave some shortcomings in your own spiritual life and in the spiritual life of a broader faith community. Any other thoughts that you guys have? Anything you want to add? You know, one one final add, and uh, this this could take us on a tangent, so I, I don't want it to, but just to make the statement, you know, the church has always taken advantage of technology. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look back at the Wittenberg Press or something like that, you know, uh, you know, when Luther translated the Bible, you know, he, he took advantage of the printing press and the people could actually read, and then it went out, and that was a good and positive thing. That made a positive impact. I, th- I think 
the potential for what the positive impact can be uh, for church going online is really high, and it's something that the church needs to grapple with and think about. And like in my world, I need to think about how to do that better and more effectively and, and how to outreach and maybe touch people that otherwise wouldn't come through the doors of a church. I think we really do have that potential. Uh, but I, I think on the other side of that, uh, that we are called to meet in person. And there is something that is different about that, uh, that is unlike anything else that you would ever s- just see on a screen or something like that. You know, being with uh, people together, worshiping God together, uh, I, I think there's something very powerful about that that we don't want to lose in the midst of this, even though there's great opportunity on the other side. Yeah. Emily, any final I guess thoughts? my final word would be whether we're engaging online or in person to check our hearts to actually engage and not consume, mm-hmm. participate That's in good. worshiping the God of the universe in community, yeah. however we can find it. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you uh, uh, who are listening uh, for taking part of your day to be part of Perspectives. We hope you have a great day.